puck covering the globe. Uh, cover uh, Jesus, where'd he go now? He disappeared, but I'm calling him back. <laughs> Brought to you by Irish Rugby Tours, the Rugby Tour Specialists, AFIA Sports Training, committed to developing the sporting potential of future players in the U.S., U.K., and across the world. And Dub Pies, Down Under Pies. Stop by, say hi, and eat pie. Hey everybody, welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy at the Fantasy Sports Network, Studio 34 in New York City, talking rugby. And we have a dandy for you once again today. We have a full house in the studio. I have Mr. Steve Lewis, our co-host, uh, the USA Rugby Congress member, the national championship winning sevens coach, uh, the Enscrow board member, and the most eligible bachelor in America <laughs> over the age of 40 demographic in rugby. Is that accurate, Steve? I'll, I'll accept. I'll accept that. Okay. Thanks very but much. I don't, want, I don't like to limit you to the over 40 uh, category. I like to continue uh, having you out there for everyone. Proceed. Uh, yes. Proceed. To my left is the ex-Namibian international player, but also a pro player with uh, Super Rugby, the top 14, and the Premiership, Correct. Yes. Currently the uh, forwards coach for about 75 teams here in the metropolitan area, including Rugby United New York, right? This is the Rugby United forward coach, and I help out a couple other guys. <laughs> yes, Lensing, of course. And on the horn via Skype is Mr. Uh, Barry Herbert. Uh, Barry is uh, a South African. He's played at the Hamilton's Rugby Club in South Africa, Cape Town. That's who you were with, which is the same club as the new Seattle Seawolves head coach, mm-hmm. Anton Mulman. Uh, Hamilton's is also the, right, so far, right? And Hamilton's, if I'm not mistaken, is the oldest rugby club in South Africa, dating back to 67 BC. That's correct, Matt. Uh, Great to be here. Thanks very much for having me on. (laughs) 67 BC. That's uh, that's just gone right over his head. It's actually 1875, right, Barry? (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's right. 1875. It's still a long time, Matt, long before you and I. Okay, you failed test number one, and that is to pay attention to the main host. Uh, we, um, gentlemen, before we get into the rugby championship, wanted to talk briefly about the proposal for the new World Rugby League for, to satisfy the international test flaws that are out there. We've got a proposed 12-team or 12-nation tournament fall and spring or autumn and summer, whatever you want to call it, on the international tours. Uh, six teams from the Southern Hemisphere, I believe they are Ireland, England, Wales, That's Scotland. That's the Northern Hemisphere. That's right. That's the Northern. I'm just, again, seeing if you guys are paying attention. Northern Hemisphere teams, Southern Hemisphere teams, and there might be a Tier 2 for promotion relegation. Stephen, what are your thoughts on this first? I, th- I think the um, idea of more meaningful games is, is, a, is a good way forward. Uh, basically what it's doing is taking over the June or soon to be July test window and the November test window. What it is though is essentially money and media and it's World Rugby trying to you know make a few bob. Um, as to the structure, I mean if the six Northern Hemisphere teams are playing together, I mean that's just the six nations. So that's not particularly exciting. But um, I think this is a good thing for emerging countries. Um, some of those towards the tail end of the 12. Uh, Tonga, Fiji, I can't remember on the exact rankings right now. And then potentially for Tier 2 countries, if there is a second division competition, they can move up. It's money for them. It's better games for them. Um, so in that case, it's good. However, I don't see some of the home unions giving up. They're guaranteed. RFU makes $10 million a home game at Twickenham, 80000 three times in November. Are they, are they going to walk away from $30 million or 
will they have to be compensated to agree to this? So I think there's some, still some way to go. Good idea, good concept, bat it around, see how it goes. Yes, would uh, Namibia be a Tier 2 uh, promotion relegation team in the Southern Hemisphere? I don't think at the moment we, we qualified yet for Tier 2. Really? Uh, I think we run about 20, 23rd, 22nd. Uh, so we're not just up in the top, top 20s, but I think it all depends on what's happening this next year and a half. And at the World Cup, if we can get our first win at the World Cup, and we, it's going to be tough, definitely tough. Uh, but I think we're close. And for us as all, for, for Namibia as a team, if they can play a little bit more competitive games, and even then they will definitely get better. And that's the biggest challenge for the smaller countries. They need to play more competitive games. And hopefully this structure will give them opportunities. Um, will you be dusting be off challenges. the cleats? Will you be dusting off the cleats for that setup? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> no, I'm done with those things. Yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, Barry, what's your take on all this uh, as the Saffer living in Denver? Uh, well, Matt, you know, anything that's going to go closer to bringing us to a global season, I think is going to be a good thing. Uh, this has been going on for many years now. They've been talking around trying to get, uh, you know, trying to get people playing international rugby at the same time. The club versus country row is uh, ongoing. It's not getting any better. So hopefully whatever they decide, whatever competition they decide on uh, will be, you know, good for international rugby and, and club rugby as well around the world. All right. Okay. I kind of like it. I like the fact that the U.S. can go in there and perhaps uh, shake some things up. you got Russia and China, the big countries that will likely be involved, and it gives them some more in incentive to, to get better in their programs. Yeah, but let's not be under any illusions here. This is world rugby and countries staking a claim for an extra competition. Um, so the, the coming uh, schism in rugby will be between country and club. Um, I actually don't think, Barry, that the, the clubs are going to be very happy about this. Um, no, so not I, at all. Yeah, so I think, I think it's the countries, the world rugby in particular, which really is an event company, right? It runs the Men's World Cup that makes whatever it did, $300 million. It realizes it's got a reasonable property in the World Series of Sevens, and it's got nothing else. So this is a third comp for them, and it's all about money. All right, but we're going to take a quick break, uh, gentlemen, because we're out of time on this segment. But don't go away, folks, because we're coming back with the rugby championship chatter that uh, these guys are, are just chomping at the bit to get at. We'll be right back after this. been blind since I was four, and I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste. And my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has the taste and the flavor. What do you think's on the label? I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. Oh, that's good beer. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle, on West 36th Street. Folks, this week's Rugby Wrap-Up Team of the Week is Kenmore, up in Buffalo. Remember, if you're on the pitch, don't do less. Do Kenmore. Hey, everybody, we're back at Rugby Wrap-Up at the Fantasy Sports Network, Studio 34. And, gentlemen, we're talking the Rugby Championship. An interesting competition so far. New Zealand already clinched it, but we've got two very interesting matches left, I think. A shot for South Africa to find out about themselves. Are they for real? 
Can, do they have the wherewithal to come back and play another tough match after stealing that win down in, in New Zealand? And you've got Argentina with an opportunity to go 500 in the competition, which is a major accomplishment, I think. It's good competition for them, to be sure. Uh, sort of landmark wins against Australia and South Africa. Um, going 500 at that, in that comp is, is certainly an achievement, and they seem to be steadying the ship and coming back. You know, they, got, they got hammered in the summer. They had a couple of poor results. Um, but uh, they seem to be finding their way again. So it's been a good competition for Argentina. Yes, uh, you've played a lot in Super Rugby. You know the atmosphere down in South Africa. If, if they're going to win at home against New Zealand, what is it going to take? No, I think it's going to be, again, 150% from every guy. And the execution of the game plan will have to be precision. And uh, defense, you, uh, defense will be, have to be spot on. And if you look at the trend for the last two games for South African games, they don't like to play too much ball in hand. They rather uh, like to defend. I think, and through the defense, we kind of like still show our physicality and this type of rugby that South Africans like did, to did, do. Like, yeah. did you say we? Did you say we? <laughs> <laughs> He's confused. Everything ha- you get confused on this. Set. Yeah, maybe in South African. Yeah. Yeah. But in defense. Yeah. So right. Uh, because old South African rugby was forward-dominated, crash ball, and strong power rugby. And I think now with what's happening in the last two games against New Zealand, giving us the win, unexpected win, I would say, and then against Australia, that was, again, through defense, hard physical rugby, and it get good results for them. So I don't think they will back off of that immediately. I think they're going to try and build on that and make that maybe their type of play to go forward into the, they will play. They still want to score tries. Yeah, but it's it's going to be definitely their key factor. Yeah. Hey Barry. So in their win over Australia on paper, basically Australia dominated that match. They had like a hundred. They they forced South Africa into 144 tackles or something like that on defense. Uh, that was a match that Australia could have stolen, uh, but for Curtly Beals, <laughs> past 25 seconds into the match, giving it right. You know, giving the try right away. Which team is going to show up? It's been two weeks in a row for the Springboks. Uh, you know, defense, defense, defense. And, uh, you know, if you look at the statistics in both the games against the All Blacks and Australia, uh, you know, statistically, the box shouldn't have won either of those games, but they did. So, you know, I think they put, they're setting out their stall. They've got to figure, they figured out that they've got to tighten up at the back if they're going to knock over big teams and be a threat next year at the World Cup. Uh, and they seem to have done that pretty well. So can the box do it well? It's always a close one. But yeah, I believe they can. I believe they've turned the corner now under Rassi and things are on the up. Um, as far as Australia goes, uh, you know, they've had, a, they've had a very mixed bag at the moment. They threw everything at the box and couldn't quite get there on Saturday. So yeah, it's going to be a very interesting one way or another. But I, I think the box will do it this weekend uh, against the All Blacks. And, uh, you know, let's, 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 let's hope for the best because World Rugby needs... Uh, Teams to start knocking over New Zealand more regularly. Does this bend or bend but don't break kind of philosophy and kind of like the rope a dope thing? You've got a much more vaunted offense coming at you with with the Kiwis, and they're going to be ticked off. They're going to have that chip on their shoulder after losing that match at home, right? So, you know, you can sit back and play that heroic defense that they played against Australia, but this is an entirely different offense. You got Sonny Bill Williams on all cylinders, giving those offloads after having two guys catch it, you know, t- tackle them. What do you what, what do you do if you're the coach of South Africa right now? If you're Rassi, if you think about that game that we win against or what they win against, uh, we again, you see that? He said, I, I we. heard it. I heard it. I heard it. Against New Zealand, they still scored 
four tries, I think. Uh, four tries. I think the All Blacks scored five tries. So you still need to score the tries, but then against a team like New Zealand, you need to be also be willing to defend and not have uh, 85. I think the Springboks had an 86% uh, tackle completion. So, and that's what's going to be required if you ever think you're going to be, you need to get points on the board first, but you also need to make sure you, that they don't score tries so, um, or get a lot of points on you. So um, it's going to be a, it's a tough task, uh, but it's going to, I think if the box win this, it can be amazing for them to go to the World Cup and think that they the only team that have beaten the All Blacks in the recent years yeah. twice. Yeah. Uh, that would be an amazing boost for them, just mentally. I agree with that. I, d- I just don't think Bowden Barrett's going to hit the post twice and miss four out of six. So, no. um, to your point, uh, that's I think one of only five occasions a team has won a test match conceding six tries. Um, and they had about 28% possession or what have you. So, uh, lightning in a bottle is not going to strike twice. Um, if the All Blacks come with a regular game, I think South Africa will be hard pushed. But I agree, that result is, um, is vital to retain interest. It's good to hear Barry it's sold out at Loftus because um, the crowds elsewhere in this tournament are struggling a wee bit. All right, let's talk about Australia briefly. Um, struggling, right? You've got, you've got some situations on your hand. You had the ugly incident at the end of the match uh, where the, the one fan was screaming at them after the loss uh, against Argentina. Argentina. If, you're, if you're on that Australian side and you see your teammate getting ripped to shreds by an allegedly overserved uh, fan that's a Wallabies fan and you know your teammate lost his stepfather during the week and this guy is yelling at him that you didn't play with any heart. How do you react as a teammate? Do you go into the stands? Of course that's, not. Uh, Professionals. It's, it, that's the whole thing. You need to act professionally. Unfortunately, it uh, doesn't matter where you're going to go in the world, you're always going to have people that step out of line and can't behave themselves. And uh, that's where it becomes while you're a professional person and you have to always, doesn't matter how much wind you're getting received uh, or you're going to get up to, you need to be able to uh, treat Separate. that situation professionally. So um, you need to step up, rather take your mate away from that situation, help him take away and put that person yeah. in, in shame. The crowd would have sorted him out anyway. So you, know, um, you need to help. They were kind mate. of in the process of doing that. You know, but you know it's a lose lose for everybody. Yeah. But you know they've got problems on the field. They've got they've got a thin back line, right? Mm-hmm. The flankers, they're introducing some young guys. But again, you know on paper they basically they they don't, they, they beat the box on paper. Games played on grass. It, oh, oh. On that <laughs> note, all right. Let's go to predictions. Barry in Argentina, will Australia win? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think uh, Argentina have had a pretty good year this year. Um, they beat the box down there. Um, you know, they're they're a tough outfit. I, I thought they were a little poor against New Zealand this weekend. Um, they had their, you know, New Zealand on the other hand were were, were excellent, so it was a difficult day. Um, I think they'll do it though. I think Argentina will knock over Australia this weekend uh, in Buenos Aires. Um, so yeah, that's my prediction there. What's the score? Oof, close. I mean, I, I think I think the Wallabies will will be game, but I'm not seeing enough from them away from home to to get the job done down there. Let's call it 21-17 to the to the uh, to Argentina. Match, Stephen. Will the will the Pumas go three and three, or will they be two and four? Pumas definitely. Ocho eight points. 
Eight-point victory. Yes. For the Pumas. I'm going to be the odd one out. Uh, a little bit that I've seen Michael Cheka and the Aussies, I think it's the last game of the season. They, they, they're under a lot of pressure. Uh, and they have a strong scrum. They, I think they can dominate the lineouts. So the Argentinians at the moment are struggling in their set pieces. If they can make sure they get the ball into Israel Folau's hands a little bit more, Bertley Beal don't make stupid passes. I think the Aussies can still pull it off. I think they, it's going to be for them like a, the last game, like they need to get their, their things back on track. And I'm going to go, the Aussies going to be a close game, but I think about three, four points they're going to win it down in uh, Argentina. I'll, I'll back the Aussies. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, actually, uh, just because of, of what I saw with Australia and the frustration. It was turnovers, like 19 turnovers in that match. And credit, credit the defensive of the Springboks for, for producing those turnovers. But I think they're going to turn it around. I think they're, they're against the wall. Czech has got to get this win. They can't go one and five in this competition, right? So uh, as much as I, I like what Argentina is doing, I'm saying, um, I'm saying 34-28 in favor of Australia. And I should say 28-34, shouldn't I? Yeah. Okay. Take it easy, Barry. Take it easy over. Uh, <laughs> all right. Final thoughts, uh, gentlemen, as we are running out of time. Go ahead, Barry. You have 30 seconds. Um, yeah. A great rugby championship for the Springboks. Uh, obviously, we're delighted with that historic win down in um, down in, in, in New Zealand. That, that doesn't come around often. Um, can they do it again at, at Loftus uh, in South Africa? I believe they can. Um, they just got to, you know, they just got to do exactly what they've done before. But I think offer a little bit more on offense, and obviously keep that incredible defensive record in, intact. And the box will get the job done. All right, well done on your initial uh, foray here into rugby wrap up. By the way, Stephen, final Thank thoughts. Uh, checker loses. Checker's gone. Um, All Blacks by ten. Wow! Wow! Ouch! Checker's Ouch. gone. They got to make a change. They got to make a change now. Um, and it's really about, as you say, confidence. They've got to right the ship. Are they going to wait another three, four months? Or do you give another guy a chance? Cheka, if they, if they pull off a win, he survives. I agree with Steve there. Uh, I think um, great competition, All Blacks. I think for South Africa, a big challenge is going to be team selection. Uh, because Rashi has changed the team a lot over this competition. If he can pick the, a good team uh, and then they can execute the game plan, the box definitely have a chance. All Blacks are going to be, they definitely going to pick their best team because they want to have revenge. So, but I, I don't want to be negative, but I'm going to go for the, <laughs> I must be positive. Four points for the box. Well, you have to be positive because hey. you're, you're coaching, you're coaching 75 teams. <laughs> you don't want the morale to go down across uh, the Eastern seaboard. Right, let's give it four points for the box. Four, four points for the box. I'm, I'm going. I'm going all blacks. They are going in there, loaded for bear. They're going to be. It's going to be a 15 point. Sorry, sorry, Barry. Sorry, everybody down in South Africa. But it's going to be a 15 point all blacks win. Uh, you know, you just forget people like Sonny Bill Williams. The guy's still around. He's a machine. He's a wrecking ball. If he's not in it, doesn't matter. Because if he's not in it, there's somebody that's equally as good or better. Ryan right? Crotty. Yeah. There you have it. So you, you just underscored my point. Thank you, Stephen, for once again uh, backing me up. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time, uh, unfortunately, because we could talk rugby with all these gentlemen all day long. Uh, but on that note, on behalf of Mr. Barry Herbert, 
Mr. Steve Lewis, and Mr. Kiss Lensing. I'm Matt McCarthy at the Fantasy Sports Network Studio 34 in New York City, talking rugby and signing off.